Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting, especially considering it's been a guys, it's been a big week. We've had a lot of things going on this week and it's it's been intense to say the least. It's been one of those weeks which has just felt non-stop. Like, it's felt so intense. I feel like because last weekend I didn't really have, like, a break, I love going out on a Friday. Friday night is my favourite night to go out. But if I don't go out on a Friday, then I need it to be chill because I need to feel like I'm prepping for the weekend. I feel like I need one day which is chill. And I'm saying this, but last weekend, like, I did still have a chill Sunday. I was just hungover. And I feel like when I'm hungover, I'm just a bit of a shell of a human. You know how some people are like really good on hangovers and can actually cope with their life and their existence? I just can't. And I think also because I'm kind of stressed at the moment, because I'm doing so much uni work, when I just have downtime, I am exhausted. Like I'm really, really tired. And so I'm just kind of living this really intense doing loads of things or really non-intense doing like nothing. But it has been a really, really, really lovely week despite it being non-stop and despite it feeling quite intense. On Tuesday, I got to see all my family, which was really nice. Like very, very quickly, they were flying back from holiday. And so I got to go meet them for a coffee, which was just nice to see them and touch base because I think... What I'm realising is it's harder and harder to fit everything in, it's harder and harder to see everyone and do everything all at once. And so it was nice to fit that in because I realised if I don't see them now, I might not see them before my birthday. And this will be the first birthday I've ever had not with my family. My family and like we always do birthdays together and now I'm going to have to have like a friend birthday, which is really lovely and I am looking forward to it, but like you know, tradition, change. I'm not good at change, but it's fine. I am gonna, I need to start planning what I'm gonna do for my birthday. I feel like the issue is with birthdays, if you don't plan, then nothing ends up happening and then you end up being disappointed. Like, I remember there was this one birthday where I was just like, you know what, I don't actually care what I end up doing. Like, I really don't care. It'll be nice whatever we end up doing. And it always is nice. But because I didn't plan anything, I was almost shocked when nothing happened. And I don't know why I was shocked, because I literally didn't plan a single thing to happen. I didn't plan anything that we'd be doing, but I was still shocked when it didn't happen. And so this year, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be more proactive in it, thinking maybe like a day festival and like a picnic the next day. But I am going to Vietnam literally the weekend after. And so, or the two no, the week after. And so I can't do anything too intense. Do you know what I mean? Like I need to save my money. And I spoke to my boyfriend because his birthday is whilst we're out there. And so I'm going to have a Vietnam birthday as well. I had my Bali birthday because I just feel like it's so unfair that his birthday is always when we go on holiday and my birthday is never when we go on holiday. So I'm going to move my birthday. I'm going to be like the queen. I'm going to have two different birthdays and I'm, I'm okay with that. Today, okay, so that was Tuesday. Then wet, oh my God. Wednesday was the day my laptop passed away and um, it was a very, it was a very sad moment. Now I say passed away, it didn't actually properly, properly, properly die in that moment. It had to go to laptop hospital. Basically it just slowly started running out of charge and just wouldn't charge anymore and I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Only one lightning bolt charging port seemed to be working and I was having a fit because it's been having this like yellow dot thing that's been traveling around the screen which we're not talking about. Basically, it's on its last legs. It's really, it's really struggling just a little bit. And that's okay, you know, it's got me very far. I've had it since year two of university when my laptop got stolen by 
someone we randomly let into that. Oh, such a stupid story. But anyway, that's not the more point of this. The laptop has done well. And so I took it to the place. Like I found this place on Google that had really good reviews and it was kind of down like a bit of a side street and I was a bit unsure about it, but I took it in and they were so brilliant with it. And it charged me a hundred pounds to fix it. And it turns out it was to do with the charging cable. It was actually nothing to do with my laptop itself. It was to do with the charging cable. And apparently that was what was breaking the battery. And I just found that really confusing, but that cost me a hundred pounds to figure out. And then I had to go and spend 80 pounds on a charging cable. So my dad was literally like, you spent 200 pounds working out that you had the wrong charging cable. And I was like, yes, yes, I did. But we moved because it is back, it is fixed. It's still a bit strange in the whole charging thing. Like it's on charge now, but it's still slowly dying. It's only on 9% and I don't really know why. I think that's because I'm using GarageBand and it hates GarageBand with an absolute passion. But that's not my problem, okay? I need to record the podcast laptop, so you need to survive. It's on its last legs. It has to survive till September. Well, no, actually, it has to survive forever because I always need to record the podcast on it. But soon it's not going to have to do data processing and then then it will be living its happy laptop life. Just please, please survive a bit longer because I cannot afford a new one. So that was Wednesday sorting that out. I'm not going to lie, I found that really stressful and felt very anxious about it. Felt quite... This week's been quite an anxious week, quite an overwhelmed week where I just felt quite unsure. No, you know what? I was talking to therapy today about it and she was like, you say this a lot. You say you're feeling overwhelmed, but let's dig a bit deeper. Like what was, what was the feeling actually? Because you're saying overwhelmed, but what it was, what was the digging deeper thing? And I want to encourage you to do that as well. It's really easy to use these blanket emotions to describe how we're feeling, to describe kind of an, the it's so ironic like the overwhelming feeling in that moment was me being overwhelmed it was me feeling too many things at once but it's really important to try and pin down what those feelings are because by pinning them down you can start to unpack what's going on in your life and you can start to kind of figure these things out and I'm going to talk way more about this because this podcast is on overthinking and overthinking often leads to me being overwhelmed but I think a lot of this week has led to me feeling like I wasn't really doing enough things and it's kind of that led when the laptop broke I just felt really upset about it all and it's really silly because I know it's like it's not the end of the world and because I back everything up to the cloud it really wasn't the end of the world and this is what I want to tell you please 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 back up every single thing on your laptop don't save it on your laptop if you save anything on your laptop stop you need to make sure that you're charged like you need to make sure that you save everything to the cloud, to OneDrive, to whatever you want to use, just don't have the only copy on your laptop because I promise you that's not going to work. Long term, something's going to end up happening and this happened in my undergrad dissertation as well and that was really, really stressful. You never know when your laptop is going to stop working and it is really, 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 really not that fun in the slightest. I mean, I say my laptop is better. It's doing a little bit of a strange thing where it says it's charging all of the time and then it's not, but I called up the people about it and they said that I just needed to update it. And so, you know what? It's holding on and that's all that we need. That, that's all that we need. And so that has been my Wednesday and Thursday. But despite this absolute shit show of my laptop being just a sorry laptop, I feel like I need to be nice to it. Otherwise it might stop working. It's very temperamental at the moment. Other than that, I have managed to stick to the gym which is good and I'm enjoying the gym at the moment and it's providing me like with a bit of structure. I'm really struggling with them at the moment, not having any structure, not having any structure to my days, not because I have these tasks that I need to do, but there's not exactly a set point that I need to do them. And I've also realized I'm spending quite a lot of time on my own and I am feeling a little bit lonely 
And that's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not a big bad thing. It's not a thing that needs fixing. It's the reality of my life right now is that I am just working a lot on my own and that does tend to lead to feelings of loneliness. And by a day, there's not a lot of time to pause and think and relax and kind of just enjoy spending time with others. You know, it's just, it's quite intense at the moment. And that's okay. I said it was going to be productive and I said I was going to go into go mode, but I think I kind of forgot how lonely go mode can be. I forgot how lonely it can be when you have so many different things you need to do. It's like tonight, I could have gone out, but I knew I had to pack, I knew I had to record the podcast, I knew my train tomorrow is at 8am, so I have to leave here at half seven. No, I have to leave here at quarter past seven, which means I have to wake up at six, which means realistically I can't go out because I'll just be hungover for my anniversary with my boyfriend because we have been together for three years three years how mad is that that's proper long time it's a bit crazy really to think about that's why I was going to do the podcast on everything I've learned about relationships in the last three years but you guys wanted overthinking so I think overthinking is a thing we're struggling all with quite a lot at the moment so it's definitely going to be a topic that it's going to be a topic that I think needs to happen but this is the thing I feel like I haven't really had a lot of moments to enjoy hanging out with other people without being so focused on my work and this is why I'm really excited to go to Manchester because I just feel like I need to leave London I feel like I've been here for four weeks now not even that I've been here for like three weeks and I'm already like it's intense guys I'm struggling and that's okay it's okay for it to be intense and I think this is the thing when you tell people when you tell people you're feeling lonely people can jump in to fix it and like try and see people and everything but like I've seen friends this week I've been into university I've been to the gym like I obviously have my housemates like I I have seen people I'm not alone but it's the quality of the time that I'm spending with them I feel so tired that that quality I just feel drained like I just feel like I can't really talk properly does that make sense like I just feel like I'm not properly present and I just also really miss my boyfriend as cringe as that is like I do we've been apart for like a month now and that's a really long time you know it's not that much fun anymore and I think it has just felt like this time it's felt like a really long time and that's okay again part of being long distance is that you're not always able to see each other and that other things take priority I knew I had to get my dissertation done I knew that had to be the focus I knew he had to work and so it's okay that these things didn't take priority in that moment but it is something that you know it has been hard I just feel like I want a hug at this point and I'm probably going to call my period and this is why I'm feeling like this this week but it is hard and it's okay to say it's hard I think so many people underestimate how hard like working from home and working isolated on your own can be because there really isn't anyone else to talk to about what you're doing because no one understands the process that you're going through. So to catch everyone up to what you're doing can be really tricky. Like I was trying to explain this like breakthrough that I had to my boyfriend. I can just tell like it's so hard to explain because I'm taking you through five weeks of me analysing data. So how am I going to bring you up to speed that quickly? I'm not going to bring you up to speed that quickly. And so it can be quite an isolating thing. And this is why I think so often you're part of a research team. And I get it now because doing this work solo, doing this work on my own has felt isolating and it has felt lonely. And I am excited for it to be finished. I've really enjoyed it and I've loved the experience, but I'm definitely getting to the point now where I just want to write it. I want to write up what I have. I want to write up my results and I want it to be finished now. I want to get to the point where I can just enjoy my summer and be surrounded with the people that I love and just start really kind of 
enjoying my time, feeling less stressed because I don't want to spend all the time feeling stressed. And that's why next week I am going to let myself have a bit of a break. And I think that's really important to recognize, recognizing when you are ahead, when you are able to take a breath and realize that everything is going to be okay. I think it's something that it was actually part of my manifestations if you subscribe to the podcast I mean like with the paid subscription then this week's bonus episode was on manifesting your dream life and I was talking about my manifestations within that so if you're interested go click the link in the show notes you know what to do but no pressure I know money is tight like literally doesn't matter it's just an extra thing if you want more content um and I was talking about my different manifestations and that is one of them one way for me to just feel calmer to feel more present in my day-to-day because I think I'm letting my mind run away run away with me and that can be really tricky you know but other than that this week has been really lovely and I'm really excited for tomorrow because tomorrow is our anniversary and I've done I've booked the surprise I feel like my boyfriend always like plans the dinners or like does that and I'm never the one that plans it. Like for Valentine's Day, he surprised me with this like rooftop. It's like called 21 Stories. And it's like this rooftop bar in Manchester, which overlooks the entirety. Like it was beautiful. And he's taken me to so many nice restaurants and I just never do the planning for it. And so now it's my turn to plan here. So he was like, oh, are we just not going to do anything for our anniversary? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, we'll just go with the flow see what happens. That is not the plan. We are not going through the flow. We are not going with the flow. I have an agenda, but it's really awkward because I just look really chilled out and that's just not me. He knows I'm not a chilled out person. He knows that I am going to be like, I'm very, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm a planner. I can't help that. I like to plan things. And he knows this. And so when he was like, oh, so we're just, we're just going to just see what happens. And I was like, yep. And he was like trying to, I was just trying to explain the, like, explain that we couldn't plan anything without it sounding so obvious that I had already planned something. And so I've booked for us to go to this bottomless brunch and I'm going to tell you where it is because by the time you listen to it, I will have already gone. So it's not creepy. Um, and I, it's called Cottonopolis. Anyway, it's an, I think, I don't know if there is an Asian fusion or a Japanese restaurant. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it the food looks delicious and what I liked about it was well it's kind of just more expensive but you pay for your meal and then as an option you can buy bottomless cocktails for 25 quid each and if you quote graduation in your booking between now and the 21st of July you get a free cocktail upon entry that's off menu like that's on the menu so I'm I've did that I was like we're coming for my boyfriend's graduation and for our anniversary hi please and thank you so if you're looking somewhere in Manchester to go for bottomless brunch I will be reporting back because then we're going to go bar hopping and then this is a tricky thing maybe clubbing but maybe not because I feel like that's not very romantic you know I want it to be like a romantic nice evening so we will see, but I'm excited about it. It'll be really nice to see him and it'll be just nice to have a change of scenery and it's going to be his graduation next week and I'm so excited. I got some silver platform shoes to go with my gold dress and it does look nice. I wasn't sure if it did look nice, but I have ultimately decided that it does look nice and I have packed so many outfits. I've packed 15 outfits for six days. No judgment, please, everyone. I can't pack to save my life. I actually need someone to do it for me. I'm really, 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 really bad at packing because I just, I can't gauge what's important and what's not important. I think everything is important. So then I don't know what to bring. And that really is an issue. But anyway, we better get on to the content part of this week's podcast because this week we are talking about overthinking. Overthinking is something that we all struggle with. It's something that we all find really tricky. And I think it's something that we definitely need to speak about 
it's something that, like, I get quite anxious, I get quite overwhelmed, and so overthinking is a part that play, is a thing that plays a massive part of that, it's something that, like, keeps me up at night and can be really, really distracting, and this is why I want to talk about it with you, but before we get on to that, if you could not do the paid subscription, just subscribe to the podcast, or follow the podcast, that is really, really helpful for me, because it lets me know how many of you are listening, how many of you are engaging with the podcast, and it can be a really, really helpful metric for me to gauge how well the podcast is doing, and it would mean so much to me, we're at like 4,200 subscribers, and when we get to 5,000, I'm going to do something massive, I don't know what, but it's going to be huge, but anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. So today we're talking about overthinking because overthinking is something that I think we all struggle with. It's something that everyone I know seems to have some problem with and it's something that can be really hard to gain back control over and it's something that can be really debilitating. It can end up dominating loads of positive experiences, it can end up in you losing sleep and sleep is such an important part of resetting your brain and starting for the next day and it can lead you never ever switching off, like it can lead to you constantly feeling like you're on the go and never ever resting which can be really really dangerous for your health and this is why I think it's really important to talk about. I think when I think about overthinking, to me it's characterised by racing thoughts, it's focusing on things going round and round your head, it feels like a runaway train, and that's why this podcast is called The Runaway Train of Thoughts, because I feel like, for me, this is what it feels like, and it feels like a spiral, because I'll find myself thinking about one thing, and then I'll start thinking about all of the outcomes of like that, and it goes like, and then all of the outcomes of those situations, and it's like this never-ending cycle. I used to play this game when I was a kid, which I'm now realising was a bit of a strange game to play. But it was like, before, I'd play this like doubling game before I went to sleep, I'd be like, two times two is four times two, like four times four is 16, 16 times 16 is 32, and just be like going up and up and up, and I'd see how far I could get. And that's how overthinking feels like to me, because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then eventually this snowballing effect happens, where it started off as like one little thought, one little thought that was just, you know, flying around your brain, now it's not just one little thought. Now it is a hornet's nest of thoughts that are pale, like running down the mountain at this massive snowball avalanche and it gets really overwhelming and panicky. And I think the thing that I struggle with with being feeling overwhelmed, like the overthinking things and worrying about things, is then it feels like the straw that breaks the camel's back because then something really tiny will happen, something really insignificant, and it will literally feel like the end of the world. It will feel like the biggest, hugest, most terrible disaster but it's not really that that's a disaster. That's not the issue. The issue actually comes from me overthinking everything. And when I was researching overthinking, it was really interesting because it always said that overthinking comes from us focusing on things that we can't change, which I was thinking about this and things we can't change. They're generally in our past or in our future. They're things that are out of your control. They're things to do with other people. You never overthink the decisions that you're going to make because ultimately you can make them and you have control over them, but by overthinking something, you almost give yourself a sense of control surrounding these different things in your life. Because by overthinking something, you get to discuss all of the potential possibilities in your mind. You almost think that you know the answer to what's going to happen because you think that you've thought of every possible scenario. But the irony of this is, is it's only ever informed by what you can think. Your brain is limited by the things that it receives, the things that kind of inspire it, the information that it gets. It's limited in its triggers of thoughts, and so you're never going to be able to think of everything. There are always going to be things that you cannot think about, and even though this overthinking does give you a sense of control, and even though it makes you feel like you do know what you're doing, and you do 
no, not overthinking makes you feel like you do know what you're doing, but even though overthinking makes you feel like you do know the answer to everything, in reality, it doesn't. It can just be really, really debilitating. But I think the first step when thinking about overthinking and thinking about how it can impact your life is remembering that overthinking stems as a protection. It's your brain trying to protect itself from uncertainty. It stems from that fight or flight response where it doesn't know what to do and it is just trying to look after you. And I think this is the biggest thing with overthinking, with feeling overwhelmed, with anxiety. So much of it can be with trying to beat ourselves up about it after it happens. And this can again lead to this really vicious cycle where you never actually get a break. You never get a moment to just comprehend what's going on. To dig a bit deeper, to find out what the real fundamental issue is and I found this really interesting when I was researching overthinking that overthinking leads to exhaustion of the brain cells which makes them incapable of generating creative insights decreases your self-confidence and fosters self-doubt so I copied this from an article and I'll include the link below and I think that's really interesting because when you are overthinking you almost feel like you run out of ideas and it leads you to feeling so exhausted and none of my good ideas come from when I'm overthinking an idea all of my good ideas about something come when I'm feeling bored or when I give myself time to explore other things and allow my brain just to be creative and that's when I have my good ideas about something that's when I'm able to make really good decisions it's not when I'm overthinking a scenario no nothing good ever comes out of it and I think the fact that overthinking does lead to exhaustion of your brain cells and limits their ability to create good decisions shows you how dangerous it can feel And it's something that this week I have been struggling with. I've been feeling really, really overwhelmed. Like I said in the life update, I have been feeling overwhelmed. The project, the kind of life at the moment, it's like, it is a bit lonely and that's okay. And it does lead to me to overthink things. And as I said, I was talking about it in therapy today and she was saying how, let's dig a bit deeper. What really is this overwhelming feeling stemming from? And I realized once I delved a bit deep, it was from me feeling like I wasn't really doing enough. And I was overthinking that. And that me overthinking that fact was leading to me feeling overwhelmed. I just felt like everything I was doing, everything I was trying to do just wasn't going well. It just wasn't going to plan. It just wasn't, nothing felt good enough. And I think I held myself to such high standards and there's a need for me to give everything in order to be, to feel like successful in what I'm doing. And it's something that I'm working on, something that I'm like aware of, but there definitely feels like I do give myself quite a lot of stuff to do and that can be really exhausting. It can be brilliant because it pushes me to do more things, but it can also be really tiring. And I think that needing to be perfect at everything when I'm not perfect at everything and when things do start to slip and fall, which they have been this week, I feel like this week has been a bit of a like, a little bit of a tipping point. When those weeks do happen, then I really start to overthink it. I start to overthink everything and I just start to feel like quite flat about it all. And I think this is something to recognise. Where do your overwhelming feelings, what do they stem from? And is your overthinking linked to it? Because it can be really interesting to see how the emotions you experience in your life are connected. Because once you start to find out how they're connected and you start to find out they are actually interlinked, you can start to create coping mechanisms on how to dealing, how to deal with those feelings of being overwhelmed, how to deal with those feelings of feeling just like you don't know what you're doing because I think this is the thing, when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's so hard to take a pause, take stock and work out what the issue is and it's so hard to solve it 
because quite often in those moments it can feel impossible to solve it because you can't think of everything that's going on you can't you can't calm your brain and I think that's so similar to when you're overthinking because you can't rationalize what's going on you can't rationalize what's happening you're just constantly going round in this cycle getting worse and worse and worse and worse and this is why it's so debilitating and it truly does feel like a runaway train it can feel like you have no idea when the end is in sight and you don't know how to stop it and it's led to me feeling I think it increases the feelings of loneliness because you can feel like you need to bottle it all in because when I'm overthinking sometimes it can be like about a really stupid thing like it could be about like how I'm going to say a word out loud in class how I'm going to ask the question not what the question is but how I'm going to pronunciate the question or like sometimes before the podcast I can be like Uh, how am I going to say hi? Like, how am I actually going to talk? And then I'll start overthinking like different words that I'm saying. And then I'll start noticing like different ways that I'm speaking. And then I'll get really in my own head about it. And then I just got like, then I just have to stop recording and have a break and then work out what I was even trying to say. And I think this is the thing. Overthinking happens to so many of us, but it can be a really weird process because then when you are overthinking, it's like, I'm not going to call someone up and just be like, I need you to calm me down because I don't know how to calm myself down right now, but I'm just thinking about everything all at once and it's getting way too overwhelming. That's not what, that's not what I want to happen in that moment. But realistically, like that is what I need to happen. I almost need to call someone and be like, this is what's going on. And then be like, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. And so this is what I want to talk to you about today is the coping mechanisms that I have found for me overthinking. Because guys, I'm a worrier. Okay. I worry about things. I overthink everything. I think about every single possible worst case scenario. I remember one time going for like a walk with a friend and being like, do you not, do you not just worry that like things are going to happen? Like if I walk next to an edge, I'm overthinking about the fact that I could fall over it or I'm overthinking the fact that like a landslip could happen or blah, 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 blah. Like not actively worrying about these things, but those things do pop into my head. I'm like, that could potentially happen. Need to be careful for that. And that's where I'm like, I really overthink everything. Like meeting new people, oh, I know it's good and I am good at it now. And the irony of it is, is when I'm in it, I'm fine. But do you know what I think it is? It's it's the run up and it's because I have no control over what's going on. It's because I don't know what's going to happen. But when it's the run up to it, I'm overthinking it. I'm nervous about it. In it, when I have control over the situation, when I'm able to articulate myself, meet people, feel good about it, that's when I don't overthink that's when I thrive that's when I really enjoy the experience and that's why I always push myself to meet new people because when I am in it then I really enjoy it and I always have a good time but beforehand it's really thinking about the past and the present and I think thinking about the past can be even worse than the present because and I mean not past and present past and future overthinking the past can be worse than overthinking the future because when you're overthinking the future eventually the thing you're overthinking will come So there is an end point to overthinking. Eventually the answer will appear. With the past, you could go on forever and ever and ever. A Snapchat memory popped up the other day and it's something really cringe and I was just like, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. I cannot believe I did that. And then I just started overthinking all of the time and I was like, I wonder what they think about that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, why do I even care? Like, why am I overthinking this? It's in the past. It was like seven years ago. Get a grip. I felt like I needed to give myself like a bit of like a slap in the face, be like, what are you doing? Why are you overthinking this? And these are my tips for overthinking. These are things that I do that have helped me kind of cope with it. I think, as I said, a lot of my overthinking from this week has been me worrying that I'm not going to be able, 
I think a lot of my worrying and overthinking comes from me not being able to do enough, me not being able to work hard enough or finish anything. And my instant reaction is to say no to things. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough of this or that because I can't physically understand how I'm going to fit another thing into my calendar because I feel like I'm giving so much to something already. But that can also be really limiting that belief because then that really limits the amount of like life experiences that I have because I prioritize everything else. And it's important to not take on too much. And it's important to know your boundaries but also it's important to know when this protection mechanism of overthinking which is a protection mechanism it's there because you're feeling scared it's there because you're feeling vulnerable you're feeling a bit exposed this protection mechanism isn't always a protection mechanism sometimes it wants to limit you from everything and so it can protect you from everything you know it needs to you need to realize that that's not always the case And so I think the first step into feeling less overwhelmed, into realising that it's not the end of the world, that you kind of need to calm yourself out of it. And this has been the thing that's really been helping me mainly. This is the main thing I do. And it's being kind to yourself in those moments. As I said, in those moments where you are overthinking, it can feel really overwhelming. It can feel like you're fully on your own. It can feel really panicky. It can be this really vicious cycle where you're going round and round and round and round and round your thoughts. And that can feel so debilitating. But you need to be kind to yourself and realise that this is a fight or flight response. And I think it really helps by visualising your inner child and imagining them panicking in a room. Panicking sat next to you, panicking inside you, whatever you think. Close your eyes and imagine them doing it. And then imagine yourself walking forward and grabbing their hand and being like, everything is okay, what are you worrying about? And then them telling you everything that you're worrying about right now, them telling you everything that's going on. Or an even other way to do it is imagining your older self coming to you now and you telling them everything you're worrying about and realising that it is okay in that moment to be worrying about things, that you don't need to feel guilty for worrying about it, that you don't need to fix it, that you are allowed to worry about these things, but that it is okay, that you are going to be okay. I think it's really weird, but like, you know the film Inside Out, that really helped me with realising how to calm my overwhelming thoughts, of seeing like my brain as like these emotions. And these are the different things going round and round and round my head. But ultimately, I am okay. I am okay. I am enough. These are just thoughts. These are just emotions. And it's okay for me to feel these things. And in those moments, it can be really hard to self-soothe. And this doesn't happen the entire time. Sometimes it does just get too overwhelming. And so I appreciate that. But sometimes you are able to do it. And I think by imagining your younger self and helping yourself get out of that situation, you provide yourself your comfort that you're seeking. Because in that moment when you are overthinking, you just want someone to tell you that it's going to be okay. That it is going to be okay. So I'm telling you that it's going to be okay. Everything is going to work out just fine, you know? And in those moments where you don't think it is going to work out okay, zooming out and thinking about how every single situation in your life that has worked out There were points where you didn't think it was going to. There was points this year where I didn't think I was going to do my master's and I seriously thought about dropping out. Not being dramatic. I was seriously thinking about dropping out. I was really, really overwhelmed with everything and I was just like, you know what? I don't think I can do this. Like, I actually don't think I can do this. But it worked out. And keeping a memory log of all of these times where you were overthinking but where the worst case scenario didn't happen can be really, really helpful. The next thing after being kinder to yourself and visualising yourself and helping yourself out of the situation is getting yourself out of your mind. And my favourite way to do this is movement. It's going for a run, it's going to the gym, it's going for a walk. The movement itself doesn't matter, it's whatever you enjoy. 
but doing something that you enjoy that gets you out of your mind is a brilliant way to stop overthinking because sometimes you do just need a distraction you know when you've got hiccups and your diet it's your diaphragm go it's like spasming and that's what it's causing if you think about your overthinking it's like your brain going round and round and round and round it's uncontrollable sometimes you just need to break it you just need to break the cycle you need to stop the circuit from going round and again and again and again and again and one of the best ways to do this is movement it stops you thinking about it. You're thinking about the other ways. You're thinking about the fact that you are moving. You're thinking about the fact of where you're running or where you're working out, the fact that it hurts, the fact you're not enjoying it, but you're not thinking about the overthinking thoughts. And that can be really like a massive blessing. And the next thing has been the calm app. When I fall asleep, it can be the hardest point for my overthinking because that's the t- time when the thoughts kind of dominate. That's the time where I really struggle to stop overthinking because there's really no distractions. But the Calm app has been the biggest lifesaver of my entire life. I think at the moment I just really need to sleep. And having the voice there, like having the sleep meditations has been such a peaceful way of helping me go to sleep. And now I can't sleep without them. Unless like I'm not like falling asleep on my own. If I'm falling asleep with someone else in the bed, then I don't tend to overthink as much because I'm kind of like, I can ground myself in the fact that someone else is there. But when it is just me, which is like majority of the time, I do tend to feel more worried. And so these sleep meditations have honestly been life-changing. Like my favorite one, there's one where he describes, like he's going like, I'm gonna take you to my favorite beach. And he describes what you're doing on the beach and kind of like where you're lying and takes you through this entire meditation, which is like a guided meditation, but it's not like a breathing one. It's more of just describing where you are, where you can visualize the thing that he's taking you to. And I love those ones because those ones help me end up dreaming. And it's kind of like a really nice way to fall asleep because it gives you something to focus on without it being something you have to really focus on, you know? So the Calm app, if you are struggling with overthinking, the Calm app is your new best friend. I promise you won't regret it. But anyway, onto the question part for this week's podcast. So onto the question part for this week's podcast. So I tend to be really scared about the future and what it's going to be like. Have you got any tips? I also get very intimidated about the future, but I think one of the biggest things is as you get older, you start to realize that you have no idea what it's gonna be like. You have no clue how it's gonna work out. You have no idea what's gonna happen. And so I think rather than zooming out, zooming in, really focusing on your day-to-day, focusing on the next six months, but realizing there's actually no point zooming out any further than that. I think when you're in university or whatever you're doing at the moment, but I think university is such a long course, it's three years, it leads you, and especially school as well, like that's seven years, it can lead you to feeling like about these long-term plans, these things that you've got so much time to think about and it can make you feel like you need to look three years in advance at all points. But as soon as you leave those periods of time, you realise that three years, seven years are massive chunks of time to be thinking about. Realistically, one year is enough. You are going to be an entirely different person in a year. And so when you think about the future and what it's going to be like, I wouldn't think too far ahead. There's no point thinking too far ahead. There's a point in thinking about the exciting things that happen and the things that are going on in your life, the things you might want to dream about or the things you might want to make happen. That's exciting to think about. But there's no point thinking about the stressful things because the reality is, is you don't know they're going to happen. And I think if you're finding stress coming from the uncertainty about the future or the unknown that the future brings you, then realising that it's always been unknown and it's always been uncertain. Even when you've had things set in stone, it hasn't always been certain that it's going to work out that way. I was going to university for one course and didn't end up going for that course at all. I went for a different course entirely. And so that's been something that's really helped me 
stop feeling so scared about the future is realizing that I actually have very little control over it. And so focusing on the things that I do have control over, focusing on my day-to-day, focusing on the next six months, like that's what we did in this week's extra podcast episode was kind of manifesting our next six months. And six months is long enough. So zoom in and that honestly has really helped. Would you ever start doing YouTube? I love the podcast. I did think about doing YouTube and I'm really enjoying doing like the daily vlogs on TikTok. I don't know if I have time right now to do YouTube. I just think, I, I think I don't want to take on too many things but I would really like to do YouTube. There's definitely a point where I was definitely, definitely thinking about it. But I feel like it's so hard to do so many things. Like if I record the podcast and then create like two TikToks a day, reels every single day, posts every single day, like it's a lot of content for me to think about. And sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed, but I would like to start doing weekly vlogs on YouTube, but I just don't have the phone for it. Like, this is the thing, I actually have no phone storage left. I have 328 gigabytes of photos stored on the cloud. Like, that's not okay. So I need to sort that out before I think about going into YouTube. How do you deal with the pressure to travel? I want to travel, but feel pressure to. I think the interesting thing about this question is that you want to do it, but you feel like there's pressure to do it and that's making you feel stopped I think like deep down you know you want to do it but you feel overwhelmed by the thought of doing it because of the pressure surrounding it and that's taking the joy out of it and I think when you're feeling pressure from external things it's important to acknowledge where that pressure is coming from and identify how you think that's affecting you and why you think it's affecting you and why you're letting it affect you who's it coming from because I think there is a lot of pressure on social media to travel and to try new experiences but I think that pressure genuinely comes from a good place because so many people that travel find a new part to themselves and that can be something that's really beneficial it can be something that's really really incredible is meeting a new side to yourself that you never met before because when you're placed in an environment where you're flooding yourself with different experiences you're able to face so many new reflections of yourself because you're painting yourself with new colors you know you're trying so many new experiences and that's so exciting and so I think with the pressure surrounding travel, try to see it as people are only putting pressure on it because you do genuinely have the most incredible life-changing time, but that that pressure comes from a good place and those people would only want you to do it if you were going to get something good out of it. Realistically, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. All that matters is what you think, and I think that's really, really important to remember. What's been your biggest achievement so far in 2023? Getting to this point, you know, getting here getting to my dissertation, feeling halfway through, building the podcast, continuing with everything. It's been hard. It's been really hard to balance everything, but I've done it. And I'm really proud of myself getting to this point. I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy. I've pushed myself and it started to pay off and I'm really grateful for that. And that's something that I'll always have. And I think other than the marathon, like not gonna lie, the marathon was a massive achievement for myself and it made me realise how many things I can do and how many things I really am able to push myself to do. How to deal with uncertainty entering your 20s and finishing uni in the next year. I'm gonna focus, so on the uncertainty part, I feel like I kind of addressed that in the first question, so I feel like that's not the right question to focus on now because uncertainty 
there's always been uncertainty. You never knew what you were going to be doing. And I think it can feel overwhelming entering your 20s because all of a sudden there's now so much more time to fill. It can really feel like, I feel like when you're at school, you only think about life until you're 18. You forget that you've got a life after it. You can't comprehend how many years you have to live. And then as soon as you start living more and more years, you can start to comprehend it more and it can get a little bit overwhelming. I had a moment like this earlier where I was like, I'm going to be 24 next year. I'm closer to 30 than I am to 15. Like that is mental to me. But I think this is the thing, there's always been uncertainty and those years were always going to be there and I was always going to reach to this point. So I think it's all right to feel that uncertainty. But realising that uncertainty is really exciting because it's in those moments of uncertainty that you're able to explore so much more about yourself. Because in those moments of uncertainty, you are able to create something that not even your brain can imagine you know, your brain is limited, like I said, it's limited by the input that it's had, so the dream life that it creates might not actually be the dream life you actually want or need, because it doesn't know everything out there in the world. I am constantly amazed by how many jobs there are, how many different opportunities you can do, how many crazy things everyone in the world is doing. Like, I'm sometimes sat on the tube, and I'm like, I wonder what you will do. Like, what's your day-to-day life? Because there are so many different options. So realising that that uncertainty, although intimidating, is a blessing, because it really means you can do anything. And finishing uni in the next year, it's an intimidating time, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's stressful. Finishing my master's has been stressful and not and not knowing what I was going to do. And I was in a really lucky position when I finished university that I could, could move home. I could give myself that bit of a break of working out what I was going to do. And I think... If you're in the position after university to give yourself a break, to potentially move home, to move to an area where you're comfortable in or stay where you are and work a job that maybe isn't your dream job, allowing yourself to do that. I think so much of the pressure from leaving university comes from this idea that you have to have your dream life straight away, that you have to have it sorted, that you have to be ready. And that can be really overwhelming because you don't know what you want to do, have any clue what job you want to have. And I think letting go of the idea that the first job you enter, the starting your career path, the finishing university probably isn't going to be the thing you want to end up doing. Like, what did I do when I finished? When I finished uni, I was a cleaner. And then I stacked shelves and I was a beauty girl. And then all of a sudden it kind of merged into this tech internship. And then I applied to uni. And then I went traveling. And then I came to uni. And then I worked as a nanny. And then I worked as a tutor. And I worked as a telephone fundraiser. And I've done so many random jobs. And then the podcast. And now I'm working as an analyst, you know? All of these different things are not the things I thought I'd be doing. All these different things are not the things I thought would end up being the final plan. But they kind of are the final plan. And, you know, it's all right. It's okay to not know what you're doing. And it's okay to realise that the 20s are scary. But being open to all of these different ideas is something that I'm really, you know, I'm, I think is really, really important. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, I didn't sorry guys, I think I was too young when it came out, because I'm the oldest of the family, so I feel like I was just too young to watch it, when was your first kiss, right, confession, I don't actually remember, I don't know if I've just blacked it out, because it was so traumatic, but that's a joke by the way, it wasn't actually traumatic, but it was just, first kisses are awful experiences for every single person involved, no one has a good first kiss, so if you're listening to this, and you haven't had a first kiss yet, just, just, just like know that no one has a good first kiss. Everybody struggles. They are, it's awkward, you know? It's not going to be the romantic love story experience that you've seen on all the films, you know? First kisses are awkward. They can be really good and nice, I guess, but they are also like 
when you're 14, 15, no one knows how to kiss, and so they're not nice, they're, ugh. But, I think I was 14. 14 or 15? I actually can't remember, I'm not gonna lie, my teenage years just kind of merge into one. I feel like I think I have to think about it in years, and I can't really remember. Okay, let's pick the final question. Do you have any piercings? I only have ear piercings, and I have six. I have my top ear part done and then I have lower part on my lobe like middle of the lobe cartilage and then I have both of my lobes done and then I have two little huggies and another stud like the middle part of my ear on the other ear and then I have my conch done as well and then I'm gonna get another hoop in the conch on the other ear I really like my piercings but I think I always say the next one will be the last one but I actually think the next one will be the last one because I just feel like my ears looked uneven and I want them to look even now so this week's new things that I have done is meal prep. I have been a meal prepping queen. I have actually managed to not do a food shop since last Wednesday. That's a lie. I did a mini food shop on Monday, but I just got watermelon and snacks. Like, I didn't actually buy anything important. So it doesn't count as a food shop. And I have been sticking to my... St kind of sticking to my budget I have gone over budget a little bit we're just going to ignore that and that is fine other new things I've done this week I've started watching I've realized I really like the sports documentaries on Netflix I find them really interesting so I'm watching the one about quarterbacks in America because America football just confuses me I do not understand it I don't get the rules I don't get how I it looks so painful I just don't get the experience altogether I ju it just looks very painful in my eyes I just I could never and I think I've realized that there's a reason I only did hockey there's a reason I was only ever in athletics I I couldn't I couldn't be an, an American footballer other things that I want you to watch oh what have you said I've COVID is one of the questions please give me show recommendations please please can you watch made for me and then tell me is it really scary because i can't i can't get past the episode where she's invited the guy around it's really stressing me out so i need someone else to watch that for me firefly lane obviously mm, gossip girl i've watched it three times i can't lie it is my favorite tv show but we're just not going to talk about that because i know so many people hate it but i I don't know what it is about it. I get really sucked in. I think the first season really sucks me in, but it's not as good when you know who Gossip Girl is. It's it, the once the anonymity's gone, it's not the same. I tried to rewatch Pretty Little Liars, and it was actually quite scary. I forgot how scary that TV program was. It was quite traumatic. I'm not gonna lie. Like there was a lot of stuff that happened in that, and I remember Mum being like, "You can't watch it," and me being like, "Why? We have to be able to watch it because it was giving my little sister nightmares," and me still being like, "No, I'm definitely gonna watch it." Rewatching it back, it was terrifying. No wonder I wasn't allowed to watch it. It was absolutely terrifying. I mean, of course, I still did, but scary TV program. Other new things I've done this week is trying to get out for runs, although I haven't done a single run this week, and that's okay. Trying to go out for walks when I'm not feeling up to it, and just prioritising how my body's feeling. I think I'm going to start my period soon, because I am emotional and craving biscuits, so either that or I'm stressed. My stress responses and period responses are very, very similar, so that's
that's annoying. Also, other new things, Zara has an incredible sale and I would encourage you all to go in there and use it because I got some £10 trousers and this satin dress and they're my new favourite outfits that I've ever bought and I'm very excited to wear them. Also, I'm nearly finishing Please Yourself by Emma Reed Torrell and it's been a really interesting read. Hearing about the four different people-pleaser personality traits is a really interesting way to characterise how I people-please pe with others and it's been a really good way of kind of disassociating from my actions to gain a clearer perspective on what I'm actually doing and how I'm doing it and so I would definitely recommend reading that. Other new things, I'm not gonna lie guys, it's just been me and R which is the data analysis software I have been using, I realise not all of you will know that, quite sad. <gasps> new things I've done this week, how could I not forget Bridgerton? Yeah, I'm a fan, it's great. I don't know why I hated it, I think I got it in my head that I hated it. I don't hate it, it's actually brilliant. I've watched every single episode. I've, I've binge watched it. I've watched an entire season in the past four days. Bear in mind, each episode is an hour long and there's eight episodes. I've watched eight hours of telly in four days. That's basically a movie a night. I have no regrets. It's been brilliant and I would definitely recommend. It's kind of a bit like the second season is good. It has a lot less sex scenes in it, which is much less awkward, which is good because I felt like kind of in season one, it was every five seconds, but season two, I kind of hoped it was still going to focus on the other two characters because I really liked them from season one and I really liked their love story, but the season was still really good and I think realising that you're never going to follow the same story until the end, like you're going to follow one story and then it's going to end, is a real, like, it's good to know before you get into it. Don't invest too much in specific characters, but... I have enjoyed it and I would recommend give it a second chance if you started it. I started it in COVID. I just didn't like it. Really wasn't for me. And do you remember Sylvia, the lady I used to call? She loved it. And so decided I'd give it a try again. And honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. But anyway, I better say goodbye because it is five to 12. My train is at six, seven, eight a.m. tomorrow. So I need to wake up at six a.m. Oh, that's in six hours. That's so disgusting. I love you so much. I hope you're having a brilliant day and I can't wait to speak to you soon. Make sure that you're following me on the podcast at you've got mail underscore pod on Instagram and on TikTok and on threads now, although I'm not very good at posting on there because it's been a bit of a hectic week. I really can't lie, but you know, we've made it through it and I'm proud of us. Make sure that you join me for next week's episode, which is a very special episode. The last episode of this month will be the new guest episode and I'm so excited to share it with you. I love you loads and it means the world to me that you're here. I hope you're having the best week and I can't wait to speak to you soon. I love you. Bye.